This is the podcast that flips the health and wellness industry upside down so you can be your healthiest inside and out. I'm your host, Dr. Neil Smoller, holistic pharmacist and supplement strategist. I'm once again by myself. Mr. Mark DeSico unfortunately got sick with COVID and it really whooped his butt, uh, probably because of his inferior genetics, of course. Uh, he's dealing with the aftermath, going on a little temporary hiatus. We'll miss you, Mark. You get better, my dude. Today's episode, New Year's, you say you want a resolution. Now, Mark's not here to make fun of my title, so I get to say cornier and courtier titles without any guilt, which is great. In my holistic standard, this episode will be a wellness pyramid and a one, two, three vitality discussion. We're specifically talking about mental well-being and implementing change that lasts. But I'm not really by myself today. In the studio, I have a fan favorite, psychologist, Dr. Lawrence Dresdale. He's a practicing psychologist. He's here to help with this conversation. Hi, Dr. Dresdale. Good morning. Good morning. So visit wellnessupsidedown.com for all things podcast related. Please subscribe to this show on your favorite podcast app or even over on YouTube. And definitely give the show a five-star review as often as you can. Each and every episode, it helps us get seen and heard. And I think it's worth it. As you can tell, I am suffering for post-holiday uh, respiratory stuff, too. It's I've got a raspier voice than normal. I'm going to try not to be gurgly, I promise. <laughs> I don't want you to be grossed out by what we're doing here. So uh, I apologize in advance if, if I sound weirder than normal. Uh, so let's do the pre-show affirmation. Why am I here? What am I trying to do? What do you need to know if you're tuning in to me for the very first time? I want you to live your healthiest life. I'm a big fan of supplements when done right. I just don't want you to get lost in the chaos that health and wellness industries intentionally create. And I'm here to make sure you don't waste your time, your money, or your energy on the false promises made by billion dollar industries. So I'm here to help, to help you on a new and better wellness path. But as a warning, if I get ranty uh, about anything health and wellness related, I'm not picking on you because you tried it, but I'm beating up on the system, the misinformation, and the hype that gets good folks like you into the wrong situations. I'm raging against the machine and not you. So back to the episode today, New Year's resolutions. The main takeaway from today, I want you to hear how do you set goals without getting attached to the outcome and why that's so important. So we have three major topics we're going to talk about, chicken or the egg, so the motivation in the new year. Uh, second, we're going to talk about resolutions. They're a bad idea. Instead, we're going to have you set a New Year's vision, and then I'm going to talk about my personal New Year's vision. I'm going to tell you how much of a mess I am, so... <laughs> That's what we're going to do. So we'll introduce Dr. Dresdale to you guys. If you haven't heard our mental well-being episodes, I believe they were episodes eight and nine. They were freaking awesome. You should check them out. Dr. Dresdale is a clinical psychologist with extensive experience in the field of behavioral medicine. He combined biopsychology and clinical psychology in his graduate work to integrate the knowledge of biological bases of behavior, including brain behavior relationships, into clinical practice. Dr. Dresdale was an intern and resident in the Department of Medical Psychology at the Oregon Health and Science University, where he received training in neuropsychology. He's in private practice, with the primary treatment modality being mindfulness-based cognitive therapy, MBCT, to address a broad range of clinical issues, including traumatic brain injury. That's pretty sweet. It makes you sound smarter than you are, I think, <laughs> It does sound good. I'm, I'm sitting over here. I feel pretty impressed. Yeah, you're like, who's that guy? That wow. guy sounds awesome. Who wrote that? <laughs> Happy New Year. Well, thank you. Happy New Year to you and your family. How was your holiday? Was it good? Yeah, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I have uh, two strongly held beliefs, and tell me if you back me up on this. So 
I, I'm going to be talking to any elected official that will hear me, and they're not going to hear me for sure. But uh, the last two weeks of the year should be a federal holiday. Here, <laughs> <laughs> here. We might not even try to pretend. Like, it's so stupid. You can't get anything done. Everybody, no matter what, even if, like, the business is open, everybody's on vacation. Everybody's checked out. And, I like, mentally, everybody's just out of it. So I, I just feel like, just uh, let's just call the last two weeks a, 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 a waste. And I'll take it one step further. The second thing I want to say is, that the last week between Christmas and New Year's, you should just turn into a piece of furniture. You should do the, <laughs> so little, it, it, as little as possible, and just become like a, a sludge on the couch watching like Lord of the Rings, the extended versions. What do you I, think about yeah, that? Yeah, I support that, you know, because <laughs> in my world, the last two weeks of December become living hell because people are dealing with holidays, stress, yeah. anxiety, money, and most importantly, their family. Yeah. And I get <laughs> phone calls and crises left and right. So my world's a little different. <laughs> you know, it's funny because we've been talking through the holiday season here about how the wellness push this time of year is about stress. And I've noticed it in my own life, how stressful the prepping for a party became and and I'm listening to my peers and it's it's really upsetting to me <laughs> it's it's an upsetting time I get having to see your family that like abused you <laughs> like in some way like a little bit or a lot or like having to deal with that uncle you know like that kind of stuff but um you know the stress around buying gifts for people and the stress around throwing a party that to me, I just can't understand. I, I just can't wrap my head around it. Well, there's an enormous paradox between the fantasy of the reality. You know, life is not a Norman Rockwell Christmas painting. Yeah. Get out with everybody sitting around the table, smiling and happy at all of those great things. Yep. Um, and there's a huge amount of pressure, particularly in our culture, in the American society, to live up to some uh, totally unrealistic standard that people press themselves to achieve, increase the pressure on themselves to give the right gift to everybody, spend yeah. a lot more money than they really have available. And I have to tell you, I hear people say every year, next year, <laughs> ne next year, I'm going to make presents out of popsicle sticks for everybody. I'm not going by. And then I see them next year. And it's like, they got hands full of presents. And, right. You know, yeah. well, I had to get this. And I had to get that. Um, <laughs> you know, so we, we really do lose track of what the original point of a lot of these holidays were because they've been so commercialized right charlie brown has been saying it since the 40s hello you know? right <laughs> you know we all believe it but nobody will take go out on strike about the holidays my as you can tell my stressor this time of the year is my attachment to last year and the idea that the holiday is over right uh -huh. like I, that's the stressor for me um so you know, we're going to talk ab about this attachment that we kind of have in a lot of different areas. But first, I want to talk about motivation. So I call it chicken or the egg. And so uh, basically, I look around at people this time of year after the holidays, and I ask myself, which came first, our desire to get back on the rails after the holiday season, or the marketing engine that sells you the products and services disguised as some magical fix that you absolutely need. And if you don't use it the way that they tell you, you're going to fail and then you should feel bad. And we've discussed how there's the different pushes throughout the year, right? The wellness uh, industry has like cough and cold in the fall and stress around the holidays. 
New Year's resolutions is the one, right? It's driving the narrative to some extent for a lot of people. And I have to ask a lot of folks, like, are you jonesing for a fix now because you want it or because that's what's supposed to happen? You know, everyone in your content bubbles talking about it. Everybody in your social feed is doing it. Do you really want this change right now? Or is this like a little bit of a Pavlovian reflex for people? What do you think about that? Yeah, no, it's really interesting. I was, as you were saying that, I was thinking about how New Year's Eve, you know, okay, great, it's December 31st, and tomorrow is January 1st, and we've got this arbitrary day, and we all carry <laughs> on around it and so forth. But every day is the is New Year's Eve. It's right. the beginning of the next year. Um, but, yeah, this concept of New Year New Year's resolutions, okay, we're going to turn the page, and we're going to be completely different human beings in the next year. Not so much. Right. Um, because why? Not, not that there's anything wrong with us per se. It's just that this is the way that we work as human beings, which is we get an idea. Okay, this year I'm going to fill in the blank. And we get excited about it. And we start off like, you know, the first couple of days, we're really on it. Uh, phase a little bit over the next couple of days and like two weeks later. Uh, just an example, as I remember when I used to go to a gym pre-COVID, mm-hmm. um, you know, the people at the desk would say, oh, yeah, we got all these signups, you know, <laughs> the January 1st. We're not going to see them in the gym on, you know, in February and March because they're all just going to fall off. So right. that's just how we work. Um, so it's not a bad idea to make a commitment to ourselves for positive change, but we have to do it in a way that's realistic and actually works instead of like, right. Okay. I'm going to be a complete, be a completely different human being right now. Right. (laughs) I'm going to flip the switch and this is it. And, and the problem for me is like, the industry makes it sound like that's what's going to happen. Oh, and, yeah. and, and they're tapping into a couple different things here. Like everyone's promoting exercise plans or weight loss supplements, nutritional consults, apps now. And the industry's just making boatloads of money. Gyms expect not just like a 10% increase, a 45% increase, which is insane in monthly sales. And most people subscribe to those things and never get off of it. Supplements, um, you know, a lot of these weight loss, I call these uh, supplements this time of the year, the repentance supplements, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like the weight loss and detox and all of that kind of stuff. You know, I... I feel like, you know, most people will take those, but they won't really take them for a long period of time. But then there's also this other group of people that say a new year, new me, and they start taking a bunch of supplements that are going to quote unquote, make them healthy without that supplement strategy that I talk about all the time. And that's what the industry loves. That's like signing up for a gym membership and never going because you're just buying those things every month and they're not actually doing anything for you. It gets so crazy. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if you've uh, heard this. Uh, you know, like FDA, FTC, they, they regulate supplements and the claims that mm-hmm. are made. And so they say. So they, And <laughs> that's exactly the point. They're like sleeping giants if they ever do anything. And if you do something wrong, if, as we par- pointed out in the podcast before, it's like a slap on the wrist. It's not really like they just write you a, a sternly written letter. Mm-hmm. Like that's it. And, and it costs you money to have them come on site and beat you up a little bit. But otherwise, you can go to business as usual. They actually said last year, I couldn't believe this. They said, um, you know, you have to be on the lookout because it's really bad now how they're uh, doing this. They, they said people are using deceptive tactics to promote weight loss products. But that wasn't very surprising, and that doesn't really mean much. What was surprising to me was how they really nailed it. And this kind of goes to that extrinsic motivation, the outside motivation that we're getting here. They, they, hi- they highlighted three things that 
uh, are going on that uh, we're falling for. Um, so these companies are hiring well-known Instagram influencers to endorse products without disclosing that they were paid to do so. They're using fake websites and news reports to promote bogus products, and they're including images of doctors and ads to make them more believable. And those aren't my words. Those are the words of the boring inactive FDA and FTC. (laughs) And so that's wild to me that like they're so alert that they're actually saying something so realistic. And so to me, that just shows you how much people use these things and how big of a problem it actually is. And it's because it's a gimmick, right? We suck at, you know, intrinsically, we want to make this change, but we suck at long-term planning. Right. And we respond far better to emergency situations. And that's kind of what I'm going through, fight or flight. I just worked really hard to get as gross as I am right now (laughs) (laughs) over the past 30 days. Uh, And so now I'm in an emergency situation and I have to act. And so we we go for these shorter term kind of like urges in our motivation. And then we go towards these shorter term uh, solutions, these gimmicks. So let's talk about the gimmicks that come up up here and kind of like, you know, we all know that they're gimmicks, right? Like we know that these supplements and these weight loss programs and the marketing is just a gimmick to get us to do something. Why do we keep going for it year after year after year? So the FDA actually has to say something this year, you know? Yeah. It'd be nice if they actually did something, but when it comes to psychology, the psychology of marketers and advertisers uh, make me look like a total amateur. Right. I mean, they're they're motivating the behavior of millions upon millions of people because it's driven by one goal and one goal only. And there's no necessarily ethics or morality or values involved, which is to make money. Right. End of story. Period. And, you know, they're justification is well it's not against the law right or maybe sometimes it is but who cares but (laughs) but in terms of the supplement market and the point you made neil is a really important one when it comes to changing ourselves which is it's amount it's the amount of effort required to change yeah so the truth of the matter is if i'm sitting around and i'm overweight and i think well you know i'd really have to make effort i'd have to change all these elements of my lifestyle right what I eat, how I eat, uh, exercise, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, wait a minute. Look, if I take that, <laughs> are, are, man, I'm just going to like, the fat's going to melt off of me. Right. And I'm going to achieve my goal with no more effort than swallowing. Right. And so even if I think my brain is smart and goes, I oh, don't fall for that. That's just a bunch of BS. <laughs> you know, what most advertising and marketing is geared toward is the emotions. So they understand, yeah, yeah, people will think this, but they want that. Right. And so we're just going to go for what they want. Right. And it'll work. Right. Right. And so it doesn't, the product doesn't have to work if you can keep selling it to new people over and over and over and right. over again. Right? It's actually kind of funny that you say that because I, I believe that these supplements, these repentant supplements are Ponzi schemes. Now, I am addicted to American greed with Stacey <laughs> Keach, you know, American greed. And I'm like, I could probably be one of these people on here. Like, I just wouldn't spend all the money on stupid cars, but I could convince people to, like, give me all of their stuff, right? Sure. Like, these guys don't seem very smart at all. And the people falling for it, we, we I go, like, how could you fall for something like this? But it, it's it's a very common thread, which is 
a Ponzi scheme directly or something that is very similar to a Ponzi scheme in almost all of them. And it seems just from my perspective of watching this over 16 seasons that the Ponzi scheme elements are increasing. And so I've got a couple thoughts about that. So the reason that I believe that Ponzi schemes are so effective and they, they worked at the beginning and they work now is because it's the opposite of what we're talking about. It, it's we long-term is what, of course, to make money, it takes effort and a long amount of time and a lot of struggle, right? But if I can give somebody money and then before I could even expect it, I get a good return back. Oh yeah, I trust and I'm going to keep doing that because I'm getting results sooner than I thought mm -hmm. I would, right? And so I believe that with our more modern um, uh, uh, so, uh, you know, society and like psychology hacks that are being implemented in our marketing, in our devices, in our, our daily experience, we're getting more and more addicted to that short-term feedback, right? And so we're falling for Ponzi schemes more and more and more because people are just exploiting that, right? Well, reward maintains behavior. It's pretty simple. We're very simple, <laughs> right? It's just that stupid little doot-doot-doot <laughs> like the rats would do. But, you know, the, the idea of a supplement and losing weight taking years, you know, to, to really lose weight and keep it off. But then you can take this stimulant, you know, and, and your appetite is suppressed and your metabolism is revved up or, you know, you want to cleanse and yeah, you're going to poop. <laughs> so it feels <laughs> like you're cleansing. And then they put stuff in those cleanse products that like actually like solidify and turn into shapes of your intestines. Oh so it looks like you're actually like cleaning out the bubble gum, like that's stuck under your desk, oh, seriously? It, you know, it, so it looks like it. So you're getting that instant feedback and you're just falling for a different type of Ponzi scheme. Mm -hmm. It's and that's that's what's going on here, right? And so, I'll tell folks that are like, well, you know, I, my friend's getting that instant. You know, my friend is investing in the Ponzi scheme of this supplement. Um, can I invest in this Ponzi scheme too? And I said, well, listen, there are there's something I could give you right now that would work very well for appetite suppression and metabolism revving up. And it's natural. It's called cocaine. And, <laughs> and guess what? Like you're going to, not only are you going to have all that weight benefit, but you're going to look cool, you know, for a while, <laughs> for a while <laughs> until your septum is dissolved and, <laughs> and you're walking around paranoid. But other than that, <laughs> right. And if, and if you like, you know, if you need to get stuff done, like <laughs> stuff's going to get done for sure. But you know, again, like the idea here is like, these gimmicks interfere with the long-term success. The, uh, somebody who invests and gets defrauded by a Ponzi scheme is never investing again, right? Mm -hmm. And they've lost everything that they've built up, right? You know, and so, it, you know, I, I feel like, you know, it, it makes long-term work harder, these attachments to gimmicks that we have. And, and I think at the end of the day, it comes down to a little bit of insecurity. And that's mm -hmm. kind of one of the last things I wanted to talk about is like, you know, we we're afraid of change too. Right. And so we're, we're, we want that early proof, right. Before we make the, the jump into any kind of commitment. Right. Mm -hmm. What do you, am I, am I right on that? Or am I wrong on that one? Uh, well, let's see. Um, you know, once again, I just go back to this thing about reward and um, the difference between immediate gratification, delay gratification. Right. Right. So if someone's offering somebody something that mm -hmm. says, Oh, you know, with, not very much effort, you're going to be immediately rewarded. Right. Uh, versus you really got to put a lot of effort into this and not get rewarded for quite a long time. Yeah. Um, oh, which one would you like? <laughs> right. So, boom. Yeah, I go uh, for the short term all the time. Right. Yeah. Which is fine mm -hmm. in some areas, mm -hmm. but in some other areas, 
the issue becomes not just the focus on is this example of, uh, oh, good, uh, you know, I'm dropping, uh, you know, 12 pounds in the first two weeks by taking these supplements. Because there's a larger issue, there are two things. One is, how does this adversely affect health as opposed to the idea that if we want to be healthy, we need to be at a reasonable weight and reasonably fit. Um, so that's a really critical piece of it, right? Um, and then the second part of it is the ability to maintain it. Because, right. you know, yeah, there's a million ways, and we see the advertising for weight loss programs, weight loss supplements, and, and just using weight loss, it could be anything. Yeah. Um, you know, but research shows study after study after study after study there's just total regression and people go back to their old habits eventually because they haven't changed behavior with the exception of swallowing something that's the only <laughs> behavior that they've changed right right and so when it comes to this stuff you know like it's attractive to us and it's really like the you've said to me i think before that the best psychologists work for these companies yeah right and and they're just really good at manipulating us and so it's about kind of an awareness that these gimmicks are here and like why we're going for them and and i guess another thing i like to bring awareness to this year that I've noticed uh, a dramatic uptick of is the wellness influencers that would normally be selling you that crap have taken a, a like a, a like a, a heel turn and an about face, and they're now saying, "Don't use cleanses. It takes work." And it's really interesting phenomenon because if you scratch the surface, they're just promoting their gimmick, right? And or the other thing that people have to understand is that their goal isn't to sell you something now but just build trust and credibility to sell you something later. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't know that, you know, again, from this extrinsic side of things in this new year, when people are talking about this stuff, just you agreeing with that sentiment, liking that thing, engaging with that thing, and then, you know, taking it a step further and becoming a fan and then taking that a step further and giving them your email, that tends to be more valuable for companies than selling you a product period. Oh, yeah, yeah. And if you don't understand how the data side of things works, you really should, you, you owe it to yourself to learn about that and understand that, you know, a, a liking a post or amplifying a voice is, is much more um, influential from a business uh, standpoint these days than actually buying products. And so, you know, it's, a, it's something to be aware of and uh, beware of, you know, uh, that during this time of the year, you have these people that are doing this about face, be careful, right? If they haven't been saying that for all, all along, then, you know, you, you know, not to trust them, you know? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, if this product didn't work beyond a few weeks, uh, the prince, the psychological principle is the same is, well, if I don't want to do the work, mm -hmm. um, well, I'll try that product. Right. Oh, oh, good. They're promoting a new product. Right. Oh, that must be the miracle that I've been looking for. Right. You know, and the pro another problem with human beings is we think we're a hell of a lot smarter than we really are. Right. Um, which is, oh, you can't fool me. Here's my money. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, because there are so many other psychological processes working that motivate us that most people aren't aware of. Right. I mean, 
We should really have a course, you know, when kids are in grade school, teaching them how their brains really work and educating them. And actually, I just saw something interesting. And in New Jersey just passed a law to teach uh, kids to be more critical about online content, et cetera, which is really what we need. And that's what you're referring to is an influencer gets paid for doing what? I don't know. They look pretty. <laughs> yeah. They look pretty. And they, however, they manage to get these followers. And now they get tons of money for promoting products that they're not telling you that they've got a financial stake to be promoting until after the fact. Right. Right. You know, when somebody gets caught doing something wrong. Oh yeah. Right. Oh, by the way. Um, and we listen because we want someone to tell us, I think it was HL Mencken who said, you know, nobody's ever gone broke underestimating the intelligence, of the American public, um, <laughs> you know, uh, which is uh, a really sad commentary. Yeah, when we think stinks, about it, man. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, so, it is, as you said, it's about educating ourselves just to be a little bit more aware and a little bit more sophisticated because when we think we're smart, we overlook becoming smart. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's sort of in the same vein, one last kind of component to this that I want to touch on is the idea of pseudo actions mm. and, and how basically these companies and these manipulators have realized that if they can replace actual actions with pseudo actions, they can get us kind of addicted longer. So here's a great example. Uh, yeah, I guess it's more to the point, like we don't let ourselves get bored anymore. I guess we'll start with that, right? <laughs> you know, if I'm bored out of my mind, I'm going to get up and do something, but I don't have to be bored anymore because I can take no energy, no action in my boredom and scroll. And, and, and it's a pseudo action. It's giving me the same psychological benefit as if I were doing something, engaging with the world, talking with people. And as a result, I stay in this boredom, like mid boredom state, and I never get motivated enough to act. And what I found in my journey in the new year and, you know, previously to get off of Reddit, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, by not having Reddit available to fill that gap, I get super bored and I'm like, I got to get up and do something. <laughs> Hello, right, <laughs> And right. I actually take an action. Right. And it's, it's interesting, not just from a Reddit standpoint, but if, if you you can put supplements in there, right? It's a pseudo action. I'm doing something, even though I'm not really doing something. Um, you can take food, right? Crappy food, right? I'm nourishing myself, but I'm just eating a cookie, right? Mm -hmm. um, you, there's, a, there's a lot of things that kind of fall into that same place. And the reason, again, I say it, I want your opinion on what I'm saying, of course, but like I'm saying it because it's another one of the pitfalls as, that especially get um, escalated this time of year. So. Oh, absolutely. God, there's so many things I'd like to say about this, but I'm going <laughs> to, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to fo focus just on that pseudo action pace. Um, you know, it's amazing to think historically that prior to modern technology devices, the invention of the TV, the invention of the radio, you know, people obviously must have had something to do and they right. must have done it. How could that possibly be, right? Right. <laughs> How could they have survived? How did they get through a pandemic? <laughs> you know, right. right. What would they have done? Right. Yeah. What would they have done? Right. Well, maybe they would have if read you, or. Yeah. You know, if you something. can't sing Imagine as a celebrity yeah. and put, put that on the Internet, what would have happened? Right. Right? I don't exactly. Know. <laughs> so. Um, so yeah, the, this idea that it looks like we're doing something when we're not really doing something. So one of the things that happens with human behavior is habit loops. So habits are things we don't think about. Like, you know, you could be brushing your teeth and thinking about a hundred other things and your nervous system's already got this program about where to stick the toothpaste, the toothbrush, it's kind of not going to shove it up your nose. It's going <laughs> to, it's going to brush your teeth and, you know, right. so 
That's very useful. But what happens when we're engaged in lots of habits, and most of our habits may not be that helpful to us, truthfully, mm-hmm. um, and I'll go back to that in a moment, they may not be that helpful, but we're going through them without awareness or in certain terminology, we're like walking through our lives asleep. We're just doing these things over and over again while our mind is a million other places. And we think wherever that mind is must be really important because those are words in our heads. So we should be listening right. as opposed to that's just a piece of brain tissue making words, uh, nothing very important going on there. We should really be paying attention to what's going on outside. So if we go back to the concept of habits, um, you know, most of what people learn, they learn pretty accidentally. Right. Um, you know, some habits people may learn by, you know, you know, real focus. Like if uh, you learn to play the piano, mm-hmm. that's a habit eventually if you get good enough to do it um, that, you know, you had to put, let's go back to effort in the beginning. So to establish habits, we need to initially recognize that we're going to put effort in with minimum return, maximum effort, minimum return at the beginning of the learning curve. The learning curve is pretty flat. It doesn't mean nothing's happening in our brain and our nervous system, but not yet showing up. Right. If we stick with something yeah. over time, and it could be weeks, months, years, right? What eventually happens is decreased effort, increased outcome or performance, right? Mm-hmm the learning curve starts to rise and we mm-hmm. get better at this thing we're doing, whether it's playing the piano mm-hmm. or eating healthier food or exercising, whatever the case may be. But we have to get through that initial stage of the willingness to exert the effort when there isn't any immediate apparent rewards. So let's talk <laughs> about motivation. Yeah. Right. So how the heck do we do that if reward drives behavior? Right. So the way that we do that, um, it's something that you and I were chatting uh, before we turned on the mics here about internal, external, intrinsic, extrinsic forces that motivate us. Yep. Right? So one of the things is I will hear a lot of people say and my patients say, I want to do fill in the blank. Yeah. So let's go back. I want to lose weight because it's a thing. So... um. And I'll say, why? Well, you know, um, uh, you know, I want to be healthier. Yeah. You know, that sounds like a pretty good idea. I want to be like healthier. A, right. That's what everybody says. Right. But yeah. what I keep doing is I, I'll just keep drilling down and the people who are listening to this can write down the thing that they want to change. Right. And then ask themselves why, but keep asking why. Well, why right. do you want to be healthier? Right. Well, I want to look a little better. better. Why do you want to look better? Why do you want to be able to move around easier? Why, 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 right? Until something may rise up like, well, you know, the truth of the matter is I'm getting older. I've got a bunch of grandkids. Um, I'm on high blood pressure medicine. I'm on medication for high cholesterol. I'm pre-diabetic. I'm this, I'm this. And and actually, I'm scared I'm going to die without seeing those kids grow up. Yeah. So, oh, what's important to you now? Right. Your value is... I want to live long enough to see my grandchildren grow right. up. Okay. Now, instead of going, I want to lose weight and, you know, you eat a salad for two days and then you go back <clears> to <throat> eat the box of cookies. Yeah. Every time you're sitting down, if you look at whatever, you know, your food choices and the quantity you're eating and you go, I want to live long enough to see my grandchildren grow up. I right. don't want to die young. Yeah. Right? Like my parents, and my grandparents did. Right. 
Now you've got something that's really an intrinsic motivation that matters. Right. Not just the external stuff that let's go back to advertising and marketing and influencers mm -hmm. are giving us like, you know, I mean, I love that stuff. It's like, okay, you take these pills and oh my God, mm -hmm. you look like a God or a goddess. Right. right? You know, right. You yeah. Know. I see the four hour erection pills a lot. I don't know why, <laughs> I don't know why those get served to me all the time. <laughs> right. It's weird. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, you know, we're not going to, you know, you know, those are models. Hello. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. You know, what God knows what they did to get to look that right. Way, right? Well, we were talking about the liver King. Uh, did you hear about this too? <laughs> no. So no. like we're talking about the liver king last year and like mark mentioned him and then like the week later uh you know so he's this jacked dude gigantic dude and he talks about how he just eats elk liver or something stupid like that. he just <laughs> feeds his kids raw meat and makes them drag tires and stuff right. and then of course he's using every drug under the planet on the planet right and like uh so <laughs> you know it's just that idea of like i'm an influencer and i, I did this you know, in a shortcut, yeah, you yeah. can too. And then, the, you know, it's all fake and nonsense. And that's kind right. of what we've been, we've been saying. So yeah. it's sort of like inception. Like you have to simplify the idea to make it really stick. When people make uh, these strong commitments, does that do something psychologically that actually can sabotage them or make the process a negative process? Yes. Because if we make a strong commitment without follow through, mm -hmm. guess what we are? What's uh, that? We're a failure. Oh, oh, oh. we failed. Yeah, we start again. slapping the labels on it, right? That's right. Mm -hmm. We failed again. So to be a failure doesn't feel good. Right. Right. So it, when we don't feel good, mm -hmm. you know, if something doesn't feel good, if it's aversive, whether you're an amoeba or a human being, <laughs> we, you back away from it right? and, and avoid it and avoid it. Right. That's exactly right. And the thing is resolutions don't work, right? Like statistically, like people will do them and they will work for, for some a short people, period right? Of time, yeah. And, and like, I think most people are out by January, <laughs> but like by June, I think it's something around 10%. And of course we have short-term memory and short-term attention spans mm -hmm. and we don't see the marketing anymore, which is done by February. And now we're not even thinking about a resolution anymore. Life's taken over and the old habits are back. And then another year, another resolution. And, and now we feel like crap because now we're attaching those labels yeah. to everything. Cause yeah. I, I blew it and I'm no good and right. I can't follow through on anything. And you know, why bother? And, now yeah. I feel really crappy. The, the bad so, roommate in your head uh, yeah, starts so, up. Um, okay, I think I'll just scroll on the phone <laughs> and eat, eat all the things that are you know on the counter, so I don't have to feel this feeling right of you know I'm not okay. Right. right? Yeah. I've, I've found that folks that are like setting these goals, especially in a public manner, they're telling themselves a story that is different than the person that they are. And it creates this gap. And that gap is what creates a lot of anxiety and depression and stuff like mm -hmm. that. And especially if it comes crashing down and we realize, nope, I'm not that person that I just told myself. And then it ends up being this almost mental health crisis, right? Mm -hmm. So, and it comes because we're attaching to the goals, right? We're attaching to the outcomes. The outcomes will tell us if we're a success or a failure or what kind of person we actually are, right? And so I don't like resolutions because it ends up being for most people that other la layer of stress, which it's supposed to be positive. It's supposed to be a time to actually help you achieve something. So let's talk about that attachment and why we, we, it's just as part of who we are. We just want something to happen, even though it's out of our control. Absolutely. Or even if it is in our within control. our control, because, mm -hmm. you know, the, the, the thing about attaching to a goal mm -hmm. without a plan on how to achieve it. Right. That's right. right. Mm -hmm. So some fantasy idea of, 
oh, I'm going to be this person, I'm not, or I can achieve this without effort, or, um, you know, I can become somebody I've never been, right? And what you said about that gap in psychological terms, we talk about the ego ideal. Got ego it. ideals are fantasy of who we really are, could be, should be, you know, are supposed to be, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, mm -hmm. right? And then there's the reality of how we are and how we function every day. So the bigger the gap between the way we really are and the ego ideal, the more actually psychological pain there is. So the unhealthy way we deal with that is either to self, you know, to criticize ourselves all the time. What's wrong with me? Why can't I be that? Mm -hmm. Right. Or to use psychological defenses to defend against the reason why we're not that way. Oh, it's his fault right. or her fault. Yeah. It's certainly not my fault. Yeah. Right. The other, the healthy way is to recognize what that gap is. Mm -hmm. Oh, so I really want to be a person who right. fill in the blank again. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but here I am and that's where I'd like to be. Right. Right. I'll go using my example again. I'd, I'd really like to be a kinder person. Right. Okay. So rather than defending against why all these things are preventing me from being that way, I can say, oh, what can I do today? Right. And tomorrow and maybe the what's next in day. What's in my control, right? What's in my control that will actually gradually and realistically move me in the direction of this person, this behavior, this quality, this action that I would like to, to be. be understanding once again, it's slow going. I mentioned habits a while ago. When we have developed a, what we will refer to as a bad habit, something that's mm -hmm. not working productively for us. Yeah. So now you have a double whammy. First, you have to exert significant effort to overcome and resist engaging in the quote bad habit. Yeah. And then we have to exert effort into the practicing of the new, more productive functional habit. Right. That's a lot of work in the beginning. It is a lot of work. But if we stay with it and we, we have those intermediate intermediate goals by mm -hmm. which we realize we're making progress, right? So we say that we, we, we look at ourselves, you know, yeah, maybe we sit down for a minute at the end of the day and go, how'd I do today? Right. Right. And we go, oh, you know what? Like that's, I said, please and thank you or good morning or I offered to help somebody, uh, you know, and I may not have just, uh, not have done that, you know, a week ago. Right. Wow. That's progress. Oh, okay. So now I can see some progress. That's rewarding. I'm actually engaged in the actions that are moving me towards this idea of, who I would prefer to be in the world in my actions, not just in my fantasies. So that kind of gets to the heart of the matter here, because I believe that resolutions, there's supposed to be this positive, you know, goal setting, intent, representation of a drive that you have. 
you know, we can and should set goals, but when we set these dramatic resolutions, especially because of all the extrinsic factors and the misplaced intrinsic factors, we're, we're destined to fail, which then means that we're destined to fail in the future in our other efforts. So I believe that there's a better strategy and I call it a New Year's vision. And the New Year's vision is a little bit different because it is it is a, a dreamy kind of goal. But the the thing that makes it more tangible is that there are five things that must be done on a consistent basis to make that vision real. So it's what is it that I want to do, be, accomplish, and what are the five things that I need to do to make that real? Those five things done every single day, week, whatever it is, once they're done consistently, objective things that I can measure, tangible things, if I do those things, then that vision will be true. And I think that's a better approach to this. So like, let me use an example. So if, if I, if I come at it and say, I want to lose weight, that doesn't make a lot of sense. But if if you say something like, I want to lose 15 pounds over the next year, which is a very reasonable thing. We're not saying I want to lose 15 pounds in three days, like the supplement says I can. Mm -hmm. Right. So what, what five put back 20 pounds, (laughs) put back 20 pounds four days later, (laughs) what five things need to be true for this vision to be true. And so if I, if I can break that down into five measurable things, I would say something like I need to consume less calories than my body needs every day. I need the food that I eat to be more nutrient dense. I need to reduce high calorie foods like snacks and treats to rare I need to exercise regularly. I need to stay hydrated drinking low to no calorie drinks. Those are five tangible things that I can do on a daily basis. I can measure it literally every time I go to eat something. Am I doing those things? And if I'm doing those things, then you better believe it by next year, I will be 15 pounds lighter. So again, it's, 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 an opportunity for us to create a new system that utilizes the knowledge of our human psychology, our inability to plan long-term and stick to something long-term because of all the stuff that we talked about, but then we can one at a time do those things. As you said, you know, like you, you give an example of like, I want to be a better person, right? And so then what are the five things that I need to do to be a better person on a regular basis? Specified, Specified. What, you know, what would make you a better person? You know, like once again, like I said, kindness or generosity or patience or whatever. But, you know, uh, the thing that you mentioned is is really great because, yes, if you have these five things, mm-hmm. the, the what I would add to that is mm-hmm. remember the learning curve in the beginning. Yeah. Maximum effort, minimum results. Yeah. So it takes effort to do each of those things. So avoid the resolution that I'm going to do all five of these every day because that's just setting up failure. We don't right. work that way. Right. But if what we are understanding is I'm going to, over the next several months, incorporate these five things into my life. And so instead of, as I see people do all the time as well, I did two of them, but I didn't do three of them. I mean, example. Yeah. I teach people meditation yeah so what happens is you know people come in and go oh you know i was like god i you know i only meditate i only meditated three times this week i i really blew it and (laughs) i'm going opposite point of meditation what are you talking about (laughs) you meditated three times this week that's three times more than you used to yeah right so if 
on any given day, you're hydrating without high sugar drinks mm -hmm. or you're choosing a more nutritive food. You look at that and say, oh yeah, today, I did that today. I may mm -hmm. have only done it at one meal, but I did it today. Mm -hmm. Well, okay, I'm going to write that down. Remember, we want to be measurable and intermediate goals, right? So, well, when I compare myself to my, my actions to two weeks ago, I'm like doing these five things 20% more than I did a couple of weeks ago. Right. Right. Oh. And that's important. And that's important. So I see how this works. Mm -hmm. It's a gradual increase without negative judgment because I'm not perfect. Right. I'm actually doing what B.F. Skinner learned with rats in a lab pushing right. bars for pellets. Right. That there is a learning curve. Yeah. There's there, actually there, it preceded him, but I'll just use <laughs> there were people, other people talking about learning curve, but I won't get into the history of psychology. And we see this is how it actually works. This is how we work as human beings. Mm -hmm. And wow, two months out at the end of February, when I look back at the beginning of January, at mm -hmm. my notes about what I did, I'm really making progress. And darn if I but I get on the scale. Mm -hmm. Look at me go. If I'm not a couple of pounds lighter now, and I, and I feel better, right, psychologically and physically, because I'm now making progress. Remember, because over time, yep, effort decreases, results, outcome increase. So we set a goal, and then we have these five things that if we do then they equal that goal, right? Yeah. But then we proceed without attachment to say that I'm going to do these five things, mm -hmm. but we know that if we don't do them, it's not going to produce the result that we want. So we have to say, all right, let's see what happens. A curiosity ah. instead of an attachment, right, Doc? Beautiful. We, yeah, we want to make sure that when we do this, we are not attached to the result. I'm going to do all five of these things every single time I eat, but... Instead, we're saying these are the five things that need to be true to make my reality, my dream, my vision true. And so as long as I do those, then that equals that. It's just a straight math formula. Then we say, so what am I, what's going to happen? And we're going to go throughout our day and we're going to try and we're going to have our best intentions. And if we don't, we can't attach to the idea that, you know, it's got to be one way. We have to just kind of see what happens. And we have to then understand that if we didn't, we don't attach the labels where successes or failures and we can start again. And that's why, like, <laughs> especially when it, when we are dealing with nutrition, it's awesome because you mm -hmm. have like basically infinite, but it's really six times a day is what most people are like kind of chomping on food. You have six opportunities every day to try it again, you know? Exactly. And, so. Or more. So, yeah, no. Um, wow. You brought up such, such good stuff there, Neil. Um, so this goes back to, you know, when you mentioned in the introduction, I do mindfulness-based cognitive therapy. So mm -hmm. what is that about? So, you know, we're very used to Western psychology. You yep. know? Mm -hmm. I mentioned Skinner, you know, and all the big names and all those kind of stuff. But guess what? There's a whole other rest of the world and they have a psychological model that's quite different from ours. So in that case, um, what we look at is are the things that you just mentioned. Yeah. So it's attachment. So what does that mean? We get attached to something that's going to happen, one form of attachment, to the future. Right. And, we, and, and we're getting so attached to that 
that we lose our present attention to the action that's required in the present to get there. Right. right. So, you know, if we're taking a long walk, it's the difference between thinking about, well, at the end of the walk, I'm going to get to this place versus, hmm, I'm going to actually experience every step I take and hear, see, smell, taste, feel what's going on in my body and around me in the here and now. So what does that apply to what you've said? It applies to, I'm not going to think about this goal at the end of the year. Um, in this present moment, I'm going to do this thing of the five things or mm -hmm. two of them or four or five or whatever Yep. here and now. And then as you mentioned, curiosity, which is another piece of Eastern psychology, which is instead of, I know what's going to happen. Well, we don't have a clue about what's going to happen. So if I engage in these actions and choices, I'm curious now, right? I'm now curious about what's going to happen. So I'm not attached and I'm, you know, wrapped up with the possibility of failure or I've got a big right. ego and, and you're I'm not going to judge yourself. This. Right. Yeah, mm -hmm. Exactly. Now I'm just, well, I wonder what happens if I set this vision, if I do these five things, if I have these intermediate goals, I'm just really going to be curious to see what happens. Right. So it's a very different mental attitude to approach our lives with curiosity rather than, as so many people say, I know, I know how it's, I, you know, I've done, I know how it's going to happen. Right. You have no idea how it's going to happen, right? Yeah. So uh, those are really, really critical elements. So we release ourselves from attachment, which is just a way of thinking, and we generate the quality of curiosity, which is, once again, one of those things that we can practice. Right. And as I said at the outset, like this is a mindfulness episode. So we're talking about resolutions and nutrition and supplements and all of this other stuff. And it's really more for me about understanding the psychology and understanding the mental well-being aspect. And it shows again that with our strategy for true holistic care, the interconnectedness and the interdependence of our nutrition and our physical fitness and our mental well-being and a supplement strategy and all of those components for our actual long-term success. I've got this, this theory. So there's a lock right? Mm -hmm. That we all have to learn the combination to, mm. right? It can't be picked. You can't use a shortcut, right? It's the lock that is on the gate between stagnation and success. Okay. It's a three number combination <laughs> and you dial it not to a specific number, but a fact about the human condition. There are three things. And once you understand what they are, that lock opens up for you. And I, they're in my terms, so they're not official. This isn't some like uh, like a high level thinking thing. It's very lowbrow, like I am, right? So one, we suck at math. <laughs> we can't calculate risk objectively. So if we can dial that first piece in and understand that we just aren't good at that, right? Like I'd never take a COVID vaccine because of side effects, but I'm going to use this turmeric instead that has the hepatotoxicity risk that's far more prevalent than any side effects from COVID, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the first one. We just suck at calculating that risk. The second dial there, the second little number is that we don't think long-term. We just can't do that, right? I'm not going to stop smoking because it's going to cause lung disease 40 years from now. I'm going to stop smoking because it's $40 a pack right now, mm -hmm. right? We have to focus on those short-term 
emergencies and distractions because our human brains are wired for it because they're addictive, those short-term little distractions. And then the third number, we're we're afraid to change, even if it's beneficial because we need proof, right? We need success and we need it early. So we know that our efforts are going to be fruitful because we are really kind of nervous and afraid of change. And so write those three things down. And your best self, in my eyes, is on the other side of this gate and that lock is keeping you in place. And those things, those mind hacks that you'd have to do to understand how humans behave and how we behave individually for yourself is the secret. Engaging in those three points is gonna break that that lock wide open for you. The more we can simplify things to understand them, and that they are accurate right. in the way that we function day-to-day, process information, et cetera. If we can f- just get the, some of the basic elements of how our brains operate and influence us, us, you know, yeah, you know, we are our brains. Our brains are blah blah blah. Right. Anyway, you know, but I'll use <laughs> use the common parlance here. Right. Right. You know. Um, and then it stops becoming some mystery. Right. It stops, quote, working against us, meaning that we're not engaging in the actions that we desire. And we have a much higher probability then of being able to utilize what are amazing resources. Right. Amazing resources. You know, I look around the world every day and I think, here's the human brain. Human brain has created weapons that can destroy the entire planet yes. in, in a heartbeat, <laughs> right? right? Mm-hmm. You know, and the human brain has created some of the most amazing positive consequences to change humanity and the planet for the better. Right. It's a choice. How do we do it at the individual level? How do we do it at the communal level how do we do it at the national level how do we do it at the global level right this is a choice mm-hmm. let us use what we know to change the way we are for the better to achieve the goals we would like right right and by the way you know we've been talking about you know new year's resolutions and one year out Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? Mm-hmm. You know, this can be for longer than one year. Yes, right? yeah, we can. <laughs> we can keep do it this going longer mm-hmm. term, right? Mm-hmm. You know, um, and so we can do this, and we can do this effectively if we are, as you said about these three elements of the combination, aware and realistic about what interferes with it and how to. Use that to unlock that lock to move into the world of action because we can sit and think and think and think and think (laughs) and go, I know, I know, I know, I know. But the moment we take an action, change occurs. Being healthy is a long-term game, right? It's a, it requires discipline. And we've said before, there's no gimmick that will work, that will be successful for you. You have to do the work, and it's boring, boring, boring. And so in order to make that boring a little bit more obtainable, hack your psychology, if you want to use that those terms, it has to get broken up. So use a, a vision uh, with the five things that need to be true in order to accomplish these goals instead of these silly you know, declarations and resolutions that we do this time of the year. So again, what is 
is my vision? What do I want to be true? And what are the five things that are tangible and can be objectively measured that Mm -hmm. if I do, will make that vision true? That's what you should do. And those are actions, right? Exactly. And you said, you know, be disciplined. So everybody kind of usually has a, like a bad reaction to that concept. That doesn't doesn't sound like much fun. No, that doesn't sound like You know, but it's the same thing of being, you know, basically it's being a disciple. It's following a teacher. And we can be our own teachers, amazingly enough, Mm -hmm. and we can follow the teachings that we set out for ourselves, as you just said, Mm -hmm. as in these five things, right? And, um, you know, as my meditation teachers will always jokingly say, oh, there's a reason we call it a practice. Right, <laughs> right. You know, mm-hmm. well, there's a reason we call it a practice because whatever we, get, we practice, we get better at whether we want to or not. Right. If we practice things that are not useful or helpful, we will get better at them. That's if right. If we practice mm-hmm. things that are useful and helpful, we get better at them. If we practice is, you know, we've been talking about establishing the vision or goals, knowing what the intermediaries are, how we can recognize them, see the little rewards instead of that big reward, Mm -hmm. right? You know, be curious about how it's all going to unfold and we're going to get there and what's going to happen at the end. We can sustain, going back to what we were talking about, our motivation. That is the willingness to put forth the effort on a regular basis, especially at the beginning when there's less outcome, to get to the point where there's less effort and greater outcome. Let's now talk about my personal vision so you guys can know what I'm up to this year. So uh, Dr. Dresdale, I was saying, I think on a previous episode that around Halloween, you know, I I used to say December, but around Halloween, (laughs) my diet turns into Buddy the Elf. (laughs) My four major food groups are chocolate, chocolate chip cookies, cookie platters, and bourbon. You were stealing the candy from your kids (laughs) after they went out trick-or-treating. There's no no candy left. They got to go to bed sometime. (laughs) And I'm the authoritarian in the house. So I'm like, you're going to bed and I'm eating your candy. The girls try to hide their candy in the room. And I'm like, there's dogs. You can't do that, right? (laughs) Right. And then there's you. (laughs) And me. So I go off the rail and, but off the rails, but like, it's not, it wasn't as bad as last season. So I can see that I'm making incremental gains here. Right. And so, and, and for me, as you were talking about with, you know, uh, other patients, like as long as it's not physically there, then I'm okay. If it's in front of me, I have no control or willpower. It just doesn't work for me. So the nice thing from my perspective is that, uh, my plan for 2023 is to just not work so hard to be so gluttonous. <laughs> I just okay, have to can, stop. Well, okay, now I want, you, I want you to reverse that. What's the positive? What's, uh, what's the uh, the mirror image of gluttony? What is the positive? Uh, not gluttony? <laughs> I'm a math guy. I'm sorry. Ungluttony. Ungluttony. One over gluttony? I want to be ungluttonous. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I, I, I can just like literally do nothing and then I'll be fine because like I had a, like, like I'm going to shove this down my throat at this point because I just have to. Right. So my new year's vision, uh, just so you can see how I kind of do these things is, is not to say I want to do X, Y, Z with my weight. I actually am just saying, I want to continue the incremental health and wellness gains I've made. Mm -hmm. And that's my vision. If I can look back one year from now and say, did I do that? That would be a success in my book, right? So in order to do that, there's five things that I have to do on a regular basis. So my diet has to be on track, right? So what I normally say to myself is on a daily basis, minimize my simple carbs and strive to eat non-hyper-processed whole foods with every meal and every snack. 
So mm-hmm. that's one tangible thing I can easily. That's a measure. category change. Easily, yeah, that's right? a good one. That's yeah. a good one, right? Um, you know, two like regular exercise, not just the three days a week that I go for strength training, but incorporating an additional three days of physical activity, maybe running as as I was doing, but just doing something, getting on the treadmill and just doing an additional three days. Um, I wanted to, you know, port. Mark isn't here. I wanted to actually implement, and I have been, a stretching routine. I do Mm. 15 minutes of daily deliberate stretching using actual poses, not just the kind of silly stuff you do in gym class, right? (laughs) I've been doing five-minute, twice-daily meditation. So once in the morning, once at night, boom, boom, and I get that done. And then the last one is a reduction in Reddit time, or social media time, I should say, to no more than 60 minutes of total browsing time daily. And I'm doing something where I put my phone physically in another spot in the house, and that has been kind of changing because, again, I'm not getting into those pseudo-actions. Or so in another state. In another state would be fantastic. <laughs> a state of liquid would be awesome <laughs> if I could just melt the stupid thing. <laughs> so um, my five things that need to be true. One is nutritional, two is physical fitness, and two is mental well-being. And so it shows my commitment to the wellness pyramid itself and how we can potentially uh, use these components to make ourselves healthier. So I don't know if, do you set goals for yourself or visions or do you, or are you just on, on the, uh, on the, on the wagon? I, yeah. You know, the, my, the word I use for myself is challenges mm-hmm. um, because I just kind of like, I respond better to yeah. that concept. Yeah. And um, so what I'll do is I will set a challenge um, that I that then serves as the motivator for me yeah. to do those things that ultimately will enable me to succeed at the challenge. Right. Example, my personal life. Um, my wife and I really like to do active travel. That means like insane active travel. Yeah, People, like another episode. Just yeah, for right, that. exactly. Like, it's crazy. So I'm a little older at this point, and um, so you know I've stopped doing a lot of the high altitude stuff. But at lower altitudes, it still means a lot of hiking and so forth and so on. So when I go do this, that's a challenge. You know, we plan a trip. I want to go there. I want to be able to successfully do that physically. Mm -hmm. Right. And, um, that's very motivating for me. Yeah. Right. And I don't want to be that guy. Right. You know, when I get there, it's like, Oh, look at him. He passed out. (laughs) Right. right. (laughs) Look at that. Right. So what that does is because I know once again, delayed gratification, but I can look forward to this possibility. I don't know what's actually going to happen. I'm curious how it's going to happen and unfold, but I can look forward to it. Then that motivates me to keep doing all of the things that I have done. And I add to as healthy habits that keep me in a state of mind and body to be able to take on that challenge and hopefully successfully complete it. Right. right? So it's the same structure as the vision that I'm laying yeah, out, just exactly. differently customized for you Precisely. because you found what it is. That works for me. At least we're not talking smack. We're actually <laughs> practicing what we preach here. So. Amen. <laughs> you got to walk the walk. So let's do a little recap here. So first and foremost, don't give in to that marketing pressure that's applied quite liberally this time of year. It's fine to want to start a program or to get back on your regularly scheduled program like me. Um, and there's a number of ways to do so. But... You won't have lasting change with any quick fix, simple solution, magic pill, magic shake, magic diet, or new fad thingy, right? 
Two, resolutions, they really don't work. And oftentimes, the only lasting impact of a resolution made this time of year is anxiety or a sense of failure, which leads to avoidance behaviors. So we don't want to stand in our way of our own success. So we have to understand what these traps are, these psychological traps that the bad roommate in our head puts in there, right? And so we want less attachment. We want more acceptance. And we want to set, instead of a resolution, a New Year's vision, a plan of what needs to be true to reach the dreams that we want to accomplish, health, wellness, or otherwise. A vision really helps us unlock, as we talked about with the combination, our potential. And finally, lasting change is achievable and we can always improve, but let's just not change for change's sake. I read this tweet, Dr. Dresdell, I know you're going to love this one, right? And this person said, what if instead of trying to create a brand new you, you just accept yourself, appreciate yourself, go easy on yourself and show yourself unconditional positive regard, right? No judgment. No judgment. It's a an important point and we want you to flip your mindset upside down here and when you do you can be your healthiest today is a great day not for a new you but for a new pattern accept who you are but then challenge your routines your consumption your filters your inputs all of that stuff that does it for this week's podcast episode. Take a few minutes, give us a five-star review, and share the podcast on your social feeds. Visit wellnessupsidedown.com for all things podcast. And remember, being our healthiest starts with being honest about ourselves and the health and wellness industry, then blazing a new path, marching forward one step at a time. I'm Dr. Neil Smoller, and I've got your back. Thanks for joining me. 